Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 164 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Atnett, hanging out with my co-workers Andrew Rosenthal and James Cook. And I heard Andrew Rosenthal is, you know, a alleged criminal that the, the, police, yeah. that the police are after. You know, you spend all day on a mountain and apparently you break the law. Can you tell me why the police were after you after the Steam State Finals on Monday, Andrew? You know, I must have written just that much of a good story. Talk to that cool skiers um, that the Charlotte County Sheriff just wanted to talk to me afterwards and get my name. Yeah, Anyways. They, they needed to get your name and number because you're the most famous person in Charlotte right now. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, so this is how it went down. Driving down 31, and I noticed that I have like 60 miles, I think, um, maybe 90. It would be nice to get gas before... I got back to Traverse City. I could have made it on whatever I had, but I'm like, okay, gas stations are closed, Long 31. Um, we're going to see what's here. So I put in my GPS, hey, nearest gas station. It pops up one, and I get there. All lights are off. The open sign is off. There's no one in the station, but you can still pump gas. Like, you put your card in, and the thing took my, it took my money and started pumping gas. I've never, I never thought that was a thing. I never knew you could do that. Well, apparently I, I didn't either, but I wasn't really complaining. Like, I just filled up my tank and carried on. Well, an officer across the street noticed and thought I was stealing gas from the station because the, the <laughs> and he thought that, he's, he tells me, so are the pumps still working while he has his lights on, like, approaching me? And I'm like, well, yeah, well, what am I doing wrong? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, was the gas discounted? Because it was late at night. I'm not saying you stole it, but was it like cheaper because they didn't have the sign on? Like, I didn't really care. Like I kind of just put the thing in the car, like car earned there, and just saw what happened. Like uh, I was just wondering if, since you went through the distress, maybe you got the discount. That might be like a ga- a life hack for gas. Like just get it after the after the uh, gas stations are closed and it's twenty cents cheaper. I guess I don't we'll, know. I, I guess we'll see. When, it, when you're low on gas, Andrew's, Andrew's, don't really Andrew's, think Andrew's about... a wanted criminal. Andrew's a wanted criminal. <laughs> the police are after him. <laughs> I've never heard of anybody putting gas in a car from a closed gas station. I've been driving. I make drives in the middle of the night all the time, and I don't do that. But. The dude made me show him my receipt. Oh, well. At least it worked. Hey. At least it worked. Whatever. Yeah, that, that, at least you didn't pump gas, and then it's like, credit card denied. You are now in jail. <laughs> Before Andrew does get taken off to jail, let's let you know this episode is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. What our Tasty Sandwich Day with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's Freak Yeah. We have a big show for you guys today. We have a lot to talk about in the polls, so much, you can't really name it here. It is Wednesday. We normally do this podcast on Monday, uh, but had skiing state finals on Monday, so that took a couple of us out of the office for extended periods of time. That's never going to happen. Yesterday was a very, very busy day with Traverse City West, Traverse City Central Boys and Girls Basketball, both at 5.30, so once again, that's a little tough for us to try and get this podcast in. So here we are on Wednesday, but we have so much stuff to talk about. We have the Traverse City Central and Traverse City West boys and girls teams coming up in the polls, along with Lake Michigan Conference and Northwest Conference basketball. Those conferences are shaking out to be very, very interesting. We're going to go ahead and talk about each one of those. We're going to talk about a little bit of hockey that happened last week. Traverse City West has a pretty hot start on their hands, along with the Bay Reps and Traverse City Central. James had a privilege of being at a couple of those games last week, so we're going to talk about those, and we're going to get into a little bit more about wrestling, because our guest this week is Traverse City Central sophomore Remy Cotton. 
the wrestler at 189 pounds. Had a great interview with him. Uh, really was a lot of fun. And right before he got his COVID test to head off to another meet today. So definitely an interesting interview to kind of see how that sport is working out and how it's all coming to fruition with the plans that were laid in front of us a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you stick around for that interview with Remy. After that interview, we're going to talk about the skiing state finals that Andrew and James were at on Monday because we had a couple of extremely, extremely <coughs> big things happen at the Division One state finals and a couple of extremely, extremely amazing things happen at the Division Two state finals. So make sure you stick around for that. We're going to do another rendition of the Hall of Fame and then we're going to get into our trifecta where we talk about some of our craziest moments. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into the pulse. Gentlemen, we have the most recent things, and I think we're going to kind of work our way backwards uh, from here. So yesterday, James, you and I both went to the Traverse City West, Traverse City Central basketball games. I'll let you lead this off because I always feel like I talk too much in these beginnings. You had the girls game yesterday. You were over at Traverse City West, and the, the Titans ended up pulling it out in a fourth quarter kind of runaway. Can you kind of tell us what you saw to each one of these teams and what that means for the conference uh, coming down the stretch? Yeah, it ended up, I mean, it was, the game was tight the whole way through the first three quarters, and then that fourth quarter, Traverse City West just pulled away. Uh, they were just shooting lights out from the free throw line uh, the whole second half, and the whole game, really. I mean, they hit 16 out of 19 shots from the free throw line. That is an incredible night for pretty much anybody. And then, uh, you know, Quinn Disbro hit all six of hers in the last minute and one second to help ice the game. Uh, that was all six of her points. And, uh, you know, that's just pretty much how they put the game away. But, you know, both these teams look pretty solid. I mean, you know, they, they both got good post play. Peyton Carlson with Traverse City Central and Aaliyah Deal and Megan Lautner with Traverse City West, who are the two leading scorers in the Big North Conference so far this season. Overall, it was it was a pretty solid game. Yeah, I know we are excited to see these first matchups out of these two teams, especially because a lot of times, you know, the Big North Conference title does run through these two schools. So this is always a good way to test. Obviously, the Titans won that on the girls' side, the flip side of the coin. The Trojans won the boys' side yesterday. I was at that boys' game. It was the first time I got to see Traverse City West play. Second time I got to see the Trojans play. It wasn't as close as I thought it was going to be. We had some, we've seen some pretty high-scoring games from the Titans, but Traverse City Central did a great job of adjusting their defense, not letting the Titans drive and kind of like, neutralizing John O'Connor to their best of, best of their ability. John O'Connor still ended up with 16 points in that game, uh, but for, for what he's done to some teams this season, that's an accomplishment, uh, only holding him to 16 points. And I know that they were really trying to uh, focus on limiting the playmakers for the Titans. Coach Sanders Fry said, you know, he knows that that wasn't the best team that they can be or have been this season. And the cool part about this whole rivalry this year, even though we have the shortened season, Traverse City Central, Traverse City West basketball plays in the last game of the season this year for the Big North Conference crown, potentially, depending. So both boys and girls, I think, that's, that's what's really awesome about these games. We got to see a cool preview, but those games that are coming around, I think it's like March 16th or March 17th, are going to be the ones to watch out for and uh, see exactly how these teams have improved from this point until then. Yeah, it'll be kind of like football used to be when they used to play in Week 9 in football, and then... Uh you know, at the end of the season, and then uh, potentially turn it around and play each other in the playoffs, but, you know, which happens quite often in basketball, that these teams play each other a third time in the playoffs. So it, it could be pretty interesting if they're playing twice in a matter of a couple days there. Definitely. I mean, talking about playing twice in a matter of a few days, I want to move over to the Lake Michigan Conference. I know that this is, this is just going to be one heck of a race 
We've talked about this a couple of times already on the podcast, but if you see what's happened just in the last week, you know that this is going to shake out to be extremely interesting. Much like the Big North Conference, maybe the last game of the season could decide this. Right now, Elk Rapids is in the lead of the Lake Michigan Conference for the boys and the girls. But on the boys' side, they beat St. Francis handily last week. I think it was by about 25 points on St. Francis's home floor. And then St. Francis... 23. 23. And then St. Francis turns around and beats Charlevoix on their home floor yesterday. So now an undefeated Charlevoix falls. St. Francis has a loss. Elk Rapids has a loss from Boyne City. And the Lake Michigan Conference is wide open. Andrew, how have you seen this playing out, especially with these three teams who are pretty evenly matched at the top? Well, I'm loving the Lake Michigan Conference just as much as I'm loving the Northwest Conference. You know, I was talking to Josh Crocker after the Benzie Buckley game, and I think he said it best that the team that has the night off the day before might just win the next game. And it's all going to be about who's healthy and who's who's caught their breath. I'll like we're we're about it's it's crazy to say this, but we're like halfway through the season at this point, about two weeks in or so. Each team has played just about every other team in the conference. I mean, Elk still has another matchup with St. Francis tonight. And they, they, got, I say, they still have to play Charlevoix twice, though, is the big thing with Elk Rapids. Charlevoix and Elk Rapids still haven't faced off yet, if I'm correct. No, they haven't. They have they play them. the last game of the season, too. So that's another big one. Yeah, it's going to be Elk, uh, or Char- Elk Charlevoix. is going to be March 5th, um, and then the last game of the season, which... I mean, those are your two top teams in the conference right now, so it's very possible that be, that is our conference championship, so... Yeah, after a 20, that should be fun. Yeah, after a 23-point loss to Elk Rapids last week, I'm sure St. Francis will be trying to turn it around this Wednesday evening. Probably by the time you hear this podcast, you, you guys will know the outcome of that game. But once again, the Lake Michigan Conference wide open. James, let's one, what, one, other thing, one, one other thing I wanted to say is this Grayling team has just got some good ballers. You know, Dylan Craig putting up 20 ball after 20 ball. I saw his game against – he just had like a monster game against Kalkaska. I saw his highlight reel on Huddle. So that's a kid. I, I he's kind of like Jaden Alfred was in the Ski Valley last year, where Mansellino wasn't really that amazing, but Jaden Alfred was. So I'll be looking out for him over the course of the rest of the season. He might be one of those teams. He, I see Grayling as one of those teams that knocks off like a surprise upset just because of him and how he plays. James, yeah. Speaking of wide open conferences, we, I want to talk about the Northwest Conference. Andrew kind of said, uh, you know, he was loving this conference too. But after what happened last night. Frankfurt beats Benzie Central last night after Frankfurt gets beat on a buzzer beater by Kingsley last week. Glen Lake has beaten a couple of different teams. Benzie was sitting at the top, now they're tied at the top. I mean, this is another mishmash of parity in the Northwest Conference. What are you seeing out of this, and who do you think is going to come pulling ahead in the coming weeks? Yeah, it's crazy, and I think it's great. Uh, there's there's technically six teams tied for first place right now in the Northwest Conference. If you go by the loss column, uh, everybody has lost at least two games in the already. Everyone. So I mean, you've got Frankfurt, Benzie, Glen Lake, Leland, Sutton's Bay, and Kingsley all have two losses. You know, yeah, that that Frankfurt win over Benzie Central. If Frankfurt could have, or Benzie, if they'd won that game, could have kind of taken control of the the league. Um, and they've been solid all season, but you know Frankfurt got a nice win there with uh, Jack Stefanski having a big game, and uh, you know we all know about Leland and and what they had with Gavin Miller and, and JJ Pop. And I was I mean I was surprised they lost the, the Kingsley last week. Yeah, that was on a buzzer beater, wasn't it? 
Kingsley's been good too. I mean, uh, you know, Kingsley only lost to Benzie by two, and uh, um, Leland uh, Leland beat Kingsley by like uh, twelve. I, I who did Kingsley beat on a buzzer beater last week? Frankfurt. Oh, it was Frankfurt. Okay, okay, that's what it was. So, but exa- yeah. but we're I mean, we're, once again, we're talking about five or six teams. I mean, Kingsley. I think one kid that we have kind of underestimated is Bola Tulo. We've been saying his name a lot, and we've gotten stats from him. I think every single game that Kingsley's had in the last like three years. Out for a couple of seasons now, yeah. You know, I feel like we kind of might underestimate him a little bit as a, a driving force or a leader on that Kingsley team. Uh, but that Northwest Conference, once again, that is crazy. Uh, just a couple of notes from the Lake Michigan and the Northwest Conference in the last week. Um, Lake Michigan Conference, we were talking about Elk Rapids. Preston Ball got his 1,000th career point in a game last Wednesday, I believe it was. Congratulations to Preston on that. And then just on Monday, Frankfurt's Jack Stefanski, a uh, friend of the podcast and our fantasy football league, got his 1,000th career point uh, on Monday before. I was in a loss to McBray Northern McCrishman, but then they went ahead and they won last night against Benzie Central. So congratulations to Jack on that. Um, always exciting. To get that, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more of those this season, but uh, we'll make sure we try to bring those up if we can. Before we get into hockey, I want to just bring up, we did have the first rankings come out this week for basketball, for boys and girls. And since we've been talking about all the boys' basketball, I'm going to run through and just let you know who our girls' ranked teams are so far in the first week of the polls. So far, we have Cadillac tied at number 9 in Division 2. We know what we've talked about with Molly Anderson and all those other girls. Um, They're undefeated right now and they are kind of rolling through the Big North Conference. We are going to see if their favorite status holds up. In Division Three. McBain is number five. They are undefeated as well. Glen Lake is number eight, tied with Lake City. Those two teams do play each other later on in the t- season, which is really, really exciting. Charlevoix and Elk Rapids, both of those teams receiving an honorable mention, getting votes and getting it in there in Division Three, And Gaylord St. Mary popping in at number 10 in Division Four, while Bel Air gets a few more votes uh, in the honorable mention category. So those are the girls' teams that have started off the season in the rankings. Let's go ahead and dive into a little bit of hockey, James. You had a couple, the, at least the awesome opportunity to see all three of our Traverse City hockey teams last week. Uh, Traverse City Central and the Reps played each other, and then West had a great win this past weekend. Can you kind of tell us what you saw last week and what you expect out of the West Reps game tonight? Yeah, all three of the Traverse teams actually are looking pretty good. It's looking like, a, a overall, I think, a pretty solid, even Traverse City, um, uh, the reps going well. Um, you know, the reps won that game three to one last Wednesday against Traverse City Central. Uh, both of those teams were ranked in the top ten at the time. Judd Lawson was just amazing in net for for the reps. Uh, after the game, Chris Givens said that he thought it was the best he had ever seen him play. You know, and he's seen him come up through the ranks and everything. So, and that was just a, a, a very good game. Um, and then. Uh, Later in the week, on a Saturday morning game, Traverse City West beats Rockford, who is ranked number five in the state, uh, six to four. And you know, if Traverse City West finds offense like that, they're going to be really dangerous because I mean, traditionally Traverse City West always has a physical, strong defense and and pretty good goaltending, which they do again this year with Mason West and a and a whole bunch of defenders and stuff, but. Uh, they did a really good job of uh, with the guys out at the, at the point getting the puck into the to the to the goalie, and uh, you know they they like to score those kind of dirty goals in front. Um, but a bunch of those shots from the point found their way on their own. Which one of the goaltenders do you think will be able to carry their team the furthest? 
Um, just from what I saw in, you know, in limited time of watching two hockey games, um, it seems like Judd Lawson of the three. I mean, Newhart and West had pretty solid games, though. And uh, and I love the fact that Traverse City West's goalie is named West. Only a but, sophomore, too. Yeah. Yeah, but Judd Lawson, the senior, I mean, he, he just played amazing in that game against Traverse City Central and, and shut them down, kept held them to one goal. And, you know, Traverse City Central has a lot of offense and, and Will Dawson and all those guys. So that's that's a pretty good performance. Yeah, I mean, what, now just real quick. I, most people hear this by the game, but I always like to put you on the spot. Who's your pick again for West versus Reps on Wednesday evening? That's going to be an interesting one because uh, – Rockford actually came up here and played West and the Reps on Saturday. They played a morning game against West and lost uh, six to four, and then they played a like six or seven o'clock game against the Reps uh, and and beat them two to one. So I imagine that that loss in the morning had something to do with that. Uh, <laughs> so it might not have been the exact same Rockford team, but. Uh, I think uh, that'll be a really good game. I don't imagine that that game will be very high scoring. Both teams have pretty good solid defense, good solid goaltending. You know, as we said, West plays, you know, a very kind of gritty defensive style, dump and chase, you know, getting the puck to the net and then trying to get some goals out front. So I'd see that being kind of like a two-to-one type of game. And in a game like that, I guess I would give the edge to the to the senior goaltender and Judd Lawson, but... I guess we'll see. We'll see by the time we get to this comes out. Um, just one more thing I want to bring up, and we, we dive more into this here in our interview in just a second. But Traverse City Central Wrestling had a Big North Conference quad last week, swept through that quad, and is on a, another meet today. And then next week they head out to Gaylord to kind of like hope for BNC supremacy. Um, we had a great interview with a sophomore wrestling at 189 pounds with the Trojans, Remy Cotton. We're going to go ahead and give a listen to that now. The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome in Traverse City Central sophomore Remy Cotton. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. We have we have this amazing wrestler, a young gun on the uh, Traverse City Central wrestling team. But before we get into talking about all of that, we are going to dive into our Freaky Fast Five, a chance to get to know Remy a little bit better. James, I know you have something loaded up. What's our first Freaky Fast Five question? Start with start with your name. What's the most the most interesting background of your name? All all of your siblings also start with R. Yeah, all my siblings have a R in their name. Start with an R, and then we my whole family has the same initials R S C, which is kind of interesting. That's so, obviously yeah. by design. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay. Why that specific initials? I have no idea. My mom's name's Ramona. My dad's name's Rob, and they kind of just went with it once they got married. So. Do you have the plans to do that when you have kids? Are you going to keep the keep the? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, at, not at the moment, at least. Now, would you spend? Would you rather? It's kind of like an Alaska question. Would you rather spend forty straight days of daytime or forty straight days of nighttime? Daytime, for sure. Top three things that you need uh, with you for, during a zombie apocalypse. Probably family, for sure. Water and food. Keep me alive. That's the main priority. What's the worst condiment? Spicy mustard. Do not like it. Just doesn't go. Doesn't go well with anything. I feel like. Yeah. All right. All right. If you had six months, no obligations or financial constraints, what would you do with the time? 
probably around to be honest. It's just I just love being on the mat. It's just fun to go out there and just wrestle, practice everything. And I like about it. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? Yeah, I love pineapples and pineapple on pizza. Just good. So yeah. Man, I'm I'm in that club too. Right. I I just feel like real people who know pizza know that pineapple belongs on. No, yeah, I know a lot of friends that don't like it, but I don't know why. So. Yeah, I don't get the hate for it either. And especially, I don't know why it's so like it's so like a vehement hate. You know why they're all no, like, like why everybody's so so mad about it. <laughs> Alrighty, well that was our Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's, getting to know Remy a little bit better. Uh, but we're gonna have to dive into the rest of this. I mean, uh, you're getting started here. I mean, as quick as you're getting started, you're probably feeling like you're gonna be getting finished this season. But what's it uh, what's what's it been like trying to get a few wrestling meets under your belt so far. No, yeah, it's good that we got to get going. Um, we had the week of preparation to start before our first duel. And I've been trying to get on the mat before the season as much as I can and stay conditioned. So I was prepared. And once we got in there, we just got to work and just went after it. And we had goals this year where we worked towards them. What are your favorite moves to, to practice or to, or to do any meets? Um, I like wrestling on my feet. So I like... Uh, just like getting takedown, really. So when I'm on top, I normally just cut the kid. I just like being aggressive and pushing the pace in the match. So takedowns, double legs, single legs, things like that. Okay. So if you don't turn the guy right away, you just let him back up and take yep. him. Correct. So you're always okay. looking for points, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I was the opposite of wrestled. I was horrible on my feet. <laughs> Love being on the ground. So, so – what is, I mean, what, what is a good strategy? I mean, a lot of people, you know, wrestling isn't something that most people get into, but, uh, you know, you watch it and you go, oh, my God, like, this is, you can tell exactly how technical it is. Obviously, like you said, doing takedowns, I know takedowns score points, you know, reversals. Um, what is your what is your biggest strategy to kind of make sure that you at least get ahead or get out ahead uh, in a match? The biggest thing is going out there and just pushing the pace. I like pushing the pace and uh, just trying to stay on my opponent, really. Try to make as little mistakes as I can to score points. Be aggressive rather than yeah, yep. yeah. Take control of the match. I guess talk about that big match that you had a couple of weeks ago against uh, Manny Rojas from Detroit Catholic Center. You you beat the number one ranked state and wrestler in Division One in the state, and uh, and then took over that ranking after that win. Talk about that match. Yeah, going into the match, I knew it was going to be a good match. I was excited to wrestle somebody as his caliber. He's a good wrestler coming to Iowa State, and so going into it, I know. I knew it was going to be a hard match, so I just prepared uh, all week. I was getting my conditioning up, and I watched some film on him, how he wrestled. So when I went out there, I just wrestled my match and pushed the pace like I normally do. Mm-hmm. Was there a particular point in the match or something that was uh, really turning the tide in that? Uh, you know, a move that you got him in or, or something that happened? No, yeah, when I got the first takedown and I went up 2-0, I knew I could uh, win because when going in there, I wasn't hesitant, but I knew it was going to be a tough match. So once that first takedown, it really secured that, like, I can beat this kid. And so it was a good confirmation. So, like, when this number one guy ranked in the state gets taken down by uh, a sophomore from up north, uh, what was his reaction? He's, he's a good wrestler. He kept wrestling. He didn't let it get to his head. So I kind of knew he was, a, he was a good wrestler going into that, and that one takedown wasn't going to let him just let down, really. He, he still kept coming at me. Mm-hmm. You didn't get yeah. or anything? No, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, just uh, like a, a week ago, you bumped up a weight class to two fifteen, and and wrestled Christian Boyven, who we know is an excellent athlete as well. Oh, yeah. And you were able to to pin him. Talk a little bit about that match and and what happened there. 
yeah, going into the match, he's a really good athlete. He's a strong kid. So I just went out there. I'm, I felt like I was confident going in there, and I just pushed the pace, got my takedowns, and turned a little bit more. I tried to change my strategy there because I didn't want to wrestle on my feet knowing he was so strong. So I just kind of rode him on top and tried to tire him out. Okay. Okay, so gun to your head. Are you going neutral, top, or bottom? Neutral. So, yeah. I love neutral. I like pushing the face and getting takedowns. What's, what's your favorite takedown, though? Are you more of a thrower? Are you a double leg? Or? I've been getting into low ankle, so I dive at the ankle. That's probably one of my favorite takedowns right now, just being quick on my feet and getting to that low ankle quickly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, so like, what's your, uh, what's your finishing move? If To finish the match, I'd go towards a cradle probably. Try to pin the kid if I'm up by enough. Hey, Jake, this isn't Mortal Kombat. Hey, I, was, I, 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 I was trying to think like a better way to put that, but hey, yes, it is Mortal Kombat. If you literally, if you, if you literally think of the two words, this is totally Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Wrestling is totally Mortal Kombat. You just not don't have scorpions in your hands. Yeah. What are you What are you looking forward to seeing against Gaylord? I mean, they were you know in the in the team state finals. Uh, last year, I believe, and uh, they just always seem to be the, the cream of the crop up here. Uh, what are you looking forward to in that match? Uh, I'm excited just to wrestle them. They have a lot of good kids on their team, and I think we match up with them pretty good this year. So if we go out there and wrestle our matches, we could have the chance to beat them this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, I remember when I talked to uh, you know Coach Fonke, it seems like a couple other wrestling coaches, they said that the coronavirus pandemic hasn't really – like put a hit on numbers for wrestling if anything it seems like a few more kids have actually came out and there's been some new faces is that the case at Traverse City Central and how have you kind of navigated that situation with new teammates no yeah for sure we have like eight freshmen that came out this year which was really helpful for the team in the lineup so we definitely had a good show up for uh, kids coming out and it really didn't affect us the only big thing is just like just the COVID testing before we leave for duels and things like that yeah so I mean you bring that up can we just kind of figure out what that process has been like you guys are like the sport that kind of got the the testing and is just before competition is what i understand is before your meets 24 hours before can you just kind of explain what goes on with that yeah so like today we're heading out so 30 minutes before we get on the bus we get uh the 15 minute testing get tested and once we all test negative we're able to get on the bus so that's how it works and if uh, somebody does test positive then i'm pretty sure that how it works is our team can't go okay Okay, so. but it's almost like they just like keep the door shut, open it one by one after they read yep. the test, and you're positive. Yeah. So. How, how nerve wracking is that for about twenty minutes? It's definitely different. Um, it doesn't really get to my head because normally I go in there, I'm feeling healthy, so I don't really think I'm going to test positive most of the time. Try not to think about it. Mm-hmm. How how difficult would it have been to to wrestle in a mask? And I mean, it would constantly just be coming off, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was definitely not looking forward to having to wrestle in a mask. But if we were to have to, I would just have to get my conditioning up to a different level to where I could breathe through it. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that it would have just become a problem where uh, guys would use it as a stalling technique. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was definitely a possibility where kids could slip it off accidentally and then pause the match so that they had to put it back on. Yeah. Now, from my understanding is that you guys actually still have to wear masks in practice, though. Do you? We have to wear masks when we're warming up and on the benches, but once we go out there to wrestle, we can take it off. Okay. That, yeah, I mean, that, that definitely has to help you, especially when it comes to breathing. And I think we talked about this with a couple of coaches. There's a chance even just you, somebody comes around, you get strangled with a, a gator or something like that. 
that probably just isn't going to go over well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that would not feel great. <laughs> what, what is your warm-up routine right before a match? What do you always do to get ready? I try to prepare like every match is a big match. So I go out there, I get a good warm-up going. I try to get a sweat going and breathing hard. And then after my warm-up, I rehydrate and have like a granola bar or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Are you one of the guys who, before the match, will sit there and slap themselves? Oh, no, not normally. <laughs> <laughs> I try to stay relaxed going into the match. Yeah. Now, you, you, you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, you're one of the heavier weight guys. But you still have to maintain your weight to wrestle. Can you just kind of tell anybody what it's like to kind of have to diet and, you know, play that game uh, that is so delicate throughout an entire season um, with your weight and being able to kind of make exactly where you need to be? No, yeah. Once I get once the season gets going, I normally start a diet and I try to keep it's like a science basically because I'm eating the same thing every day at the same time, trying to keep my water at a certain amount and things like that. So, but once you get once you get going, it, like you get used to it. Mm-hmm. Do your friends do like what mine do used to do in school, and they'd be like sitting there at lunch, like with a full platter of food and just like rubbing it in that they can eat and I couldn't. No, yeah, that's me most of the time this year. Is I'm underweight, so I'm able to do that. But like kids like Austin Bills and uh, Gabe Weaver and them, they have to keep their food to a minimum. Now, how many ounces of water do you have to drink a day in order to stay hydrated when you're wrestling uh, in an actual meet? My weight's good enough where I'm able to. Dr- I try to drink like a gallon a day right now just to stay hydrated for practice and things like that. But I know kids who are cutting weight who have to. They drink like maybe a cup or two before practice. That's about it. Oh my gosh. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm getting dry mouth just thinking about only having like a couple <laughs> of a day. <laughs> What's the most extreme weight loss uh, stuff that you've seen people do? This year for our team, I'd say Austin's cutting the most. Because he weighs around like 183 to 185 normally, and he's getting down to 70, 171, but it's 173 with the two-pound allowance. So that's definitely a big cut for him. I guess with the with the season being delayed and the start being delayed, you guys got to move right into the two pound allowance, right? Yeah. So that was really nice. Yeah. I guess talk a little bit about just the Traverse City Central program. I mean, like about six, seven years ago, I mean Traverse City Wrestling had really kind of gone downhill and like they were having trouble getting half of a starting lineup together. Um what's what's happened in the last you know, few years that has really brought that back. No, yeah. Um, Coach Funk coming in, he came in with a strategy of, uh, to get kids coming in from, he started them younger. He's bring it, brought in like an attitude where we're going out to win every match um, and just to be aggressive. And he started, and kids see that. And then we get kids that start doing good and other kids want to join. I'd say that's the biggest thing. And just having a coaching staff like Coach Mead, Coach, the new coach, Coach Barkovich, Coach Funk, Coach Abadge, and just a group of those four really helped push us and get us better. So just changing the atmosphere, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Definitely a culture switch. Just does uh, Coach Funk give you guys all free like back adjustments as he's a chiropractor? Uh, no, he does not. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's like, you got to come into the office, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, uh, now, uh, this this season is obviously shortened. What is, is is there more pressure to perform in every match? Obviously, now you're ranked up at the top here. Uh, in Division One, is there more pressure to keep that because there's not as much time to say make up the the difference? I wouldn't say there's as much pressure. I kind I guess there is a little bit of pressure, but I kind of like it because it just makes me work harder, reach my goals of being a state champion. Shorter season, I'd say, it doesn't really affect me that much, other than just not getting as many matches. 
Now, how much are you like? Do, do you feel that you're in the exact same shape or form that you would be at this point in the season? Like, say it's February twenty third or twenty fourth um, of a regular wrestling season. Do you feel that you're in the same shape as you would be, or better? Yeah, I think I prepared going into the season where I was getting my conditioning up enough, knowing we would have a season. That once the season started, I was good. So right now, I'm definitely in the same, if not better, shape than I was last year. So I definitely heard that it was kind of weird without contact practices and having to do wrestling and everything. Like, can you kind of just describe what it was like for wrestlers having to work on just technique and doing kind of ghost practices? No, yeah, Coach Funk came in with a game plan towards that, and he really helped us out because he gave us, uh, we did stance and motion and sprints, so we really focused on our conditioning in that. And then once season did start, we were able to go into the technical stuff more. There's still some stuff that you can do without contact, though. I mean, you can work on some some technique. I mean, practicing maybe against dummies or things like that, like working on your your switch stance, you know, yep. you know all that kind of it, stuff, right? We did, like, bottom stuff. We worked on our bottom technique, and we were able to do, like, we got, like, the football dummies in the room, and we did, like, takedowns with those just to work on our, like, setups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was actually about to ask that because I noticed that with the basketball teams, it seems like they've had to kind of get creative with, like, pylons and cones and things like that. Has there been any new weird equipment introduced into the sport to kind of help with the coronavirus restrictions? No, yeah. We got, like, the heavy um, 80-pound, like, football dummies in there, and we were doing, like, double legs and things on, like, those that on those, which was definitely different. Do you think your football coach would be extremely mad at you if you did a double leg on the football dummy when you're at football? I don't really know. That'd be interesting to see. It kind of translate like a takedown goes, a double leg goes into a tackle. So I don't think you'd be too mad. Yeah. <laughs> form on the double leg, you got to have your head up. It's, it's kind of almost like a form tackle. Yeah, basically. Now let's talk about uh, football. I know as you said that um, you know that's another sport that you play. Is there um, any correlation or what type of skills you just said? You know, it's kind of like a double like, translate between wrestling and football. I'd say just the athleticism part of it definitely helps. And then, like, just uh, my hips and, uh, yeah, double legs definitely translate to, like, a form tackle and things like that. So it's definitely a good sport to wrestle and play football. It definitely helps out. Do you think – I mean, and from, what, from what I've taken, I mean, we've talked to a few wrestlers on the podcast, but what can you say about the, the mental space that you have to get in in order to kind of, like, battle with another human – and, uh, you know, like, exert your will over them. What is your kind of mindset in order to win? Um, I'd say just going out there and just wrestling my match, there's definitely a big mental piece of it, but I prepare, and so once I go out on the mat, I'm ready. So, yeah, I just try to prepare in a way that when I go out there, I'm just wrestling, and it's not like there's any pressure or anything like that. How much film is involved comparatively? Is it just I'm going to wrestle my match and let them play into my, my style? I try to watch as much film as I can. I don't normally watch film of the opponent, though. Like, I'll go and watch, like, college wrestling and stuff. So when I go out against an opponent, it's more just, like, me versus him rather than I knowing what he's going to do. It's all more like a reactionary science. Yeah. Will that change more, do you think, like, uh, when you get towards the postseason, you get towards the state tournament type of thing? and you've Yeah, maybe yeah for sure. More than those guys? Yep. Um, like, when I went against Manny I, that week, I prepared by watching matches against – of him so like i knew going into a harder match that like what he did and stuff like that what i had to do to wrestle him my best now that you are number one do you feel like you have a target on your back and or is it a goal of yours to kind of stay there um it's definitely a goal to stay there 
and end up number one at the end of the season. But the target on my back, there's definitely something there, I'd say. But I like it because I get to push myself knowing kids are trying to beat me. Yeah, the, the kids are going to be the ones watching your film, trying to figure out what you do in order to get that number one spot from you now, right? Yeah, yep. All righty, Remy, thank you so much for joining us here at the Get Around today. It was a pleasure talking to you. Good luck uh, to you and the Trojans, obviously, off at this meet today, and good luck the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Another huge thank you to Remy Cotton for a great interview here at the Get Around. I, you know, we always try to get different athletes from different sports in here, and especially during this new coronavirus time and season, uh, I think I think it's especially important for us to kind of get the perspective of everybody and hearing from the the wrestlers with kind of what it's been like and doing the testing with them. Uh, I think that's definitely important. So thank you so much, Remy. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh meat, bread, and veggies, because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. Speaking of Jimmy John's, we have to give away a couple of free subs for interaction on our last couple of podcasts. This week, our winner is Caleb Kuchnerkovich from Traverse City West for interacting with us on Twitter. We already messaged you. Hopefully, you'll get back to us. Thank you so much for interacting with us. If you would like to win two free Jimmy John subs, make sure that you like, retweet, share, comment, and let us know that you are listening out on social media, and we will try to find you and get you entered in for a couple of free subs. All it takes is a like. You don't have to follow us, but that would be pretty cool, too. Now, since we are already loading this show, and we have kind of skimmed over the biggest happening of the last week, now's the time. In the chatter that matters, we have to talk about the skiing state finals, boys. You were on the mountains in the cold, shooting photos, doing whatever, probably falling down, getting wet. How were the state finals? James, you were Division One. Andrew were Division Two. I'm gonna ask you guys each for a little bit of a breakdown of what we saw. I know we had some pretty special stuff happen at Division One, James. So I'm gonna let you take the lead. Yeah, I mean the the big thing was Traverse City West winning the the school's first boys state title for skiing. And uh, Aiden Lewandowski, who uh, was our guest last week, won the uh, won the giant slalom title in the morning. That's the get around boom. Not really. I think we thought that was going to happen, but still. Yeah. <laughs> and then he kind of went for it in the afternoon. I think in the uh, in the regular slalom and uh, didn't do quite as well. I had a couple of a uh, couple of falls and ended up hiking and stuff. But uh, finished both of his runs so that he could uh, help the team out. Now that's the Jake break. <laughs> so there's the two sides of the coin. Sorry, continue. Yeah, and I mean, they just had a very, very solid, I mean, part of the thing with winning a ski state title is that you got to get production one through four. It's just like cross country where, you know, your, your fourth or fifth runner is almost as important as your number one runner. You know, and West got that kind of production, you know, from Andy Hill, from Luke Wiersma, and Lewandowski, obviously. They just had a lot of kids placing them in the top ten. So it wasn't Ben Lober right there too. Ben Lober, I think, had a had a top ten. He finished tenth, I think, in in one of the uh, one of the disciplines. And then uh, and Caleb Lewandowski too, uh, Aiden's younger brother. He got a he got an all state finish in in one of the races. So in in the slalom, the one that is 
that his brother um, struggled in on that day. Caleb stepped up and, and stepped into his uh, brother's spot. Yeah, and I mean, on the girls' side, Traverse City Central girls pulling out a championship. First one since 2013. We talked about them having a hold of the Big North Conference all year. We had L. Craven on just a couple of weeks ago. Great interview there. Make sure you go ahead and listen back to that. But what did you see out of the female competitors this past weekend? Yeah, L. Craven did what what we kind of expected her to do. And, and she placed in the top three in both slalom and giant slalom. Um, you know, they also got production from Sarah Beatty, uh, Maddie Cox, and, and, a, and pretty deep um, into their team. And, uh, you know, they were tied with Marquette after the morning session. And then uh, just went into that went into that giant slalom in the afternoon and took care of business. Andrew, you obviously had a lot going on over at Boyne Mountain for the Division Two. Oh titles. yeah, I know that we had a couple of storylines going on there, especially with Petoskey. Sounds like they're back on top. What happened over at Boyne Mountain? Well, the bigger storyline going into it for me was you know Great North Alpine took the state title in 2019, and they beat Petoskey at the regional meet. Can they do it again? can they win another meet against Petoskey, which won eight state titles in a row? And the answer was no. The Northmen's, the Northmen's history prevailed, and they took this title this year. Uh, guys like Anders McCarthy, Wyatt Madsen, Will Goals, Nolan Walkerdine, all those guys were all took all state medals, and kind of was all state one through five, which kind of led to that victory. I think it was around a 20-point gap between them and Great North Alpine. And even when... Aiden Ferris and Solo Husband said that they felt like they had a good meet. You know, they put them in a, put themselves in a position to win a state title. Sometimes that's really all you can ask for. One guy I was really impressed with, Connor Abraham, third place in the state as a junior. In GS, it wasn't really that close. It, it kind of reminded me of Reagan Ollie, where she won what state title in slalom 2018 and 2020. Only one of nine girls in the states ever win more than one individual state titles and. He said that's his goal at next year. He's like, well, I'm the best. I'm the. I have the best finish in Gaylord history in skiing. I want to win the state title next year. So he, I think he got like fifth in the state last year individually. And he's like, well, I just want to do better than that. And he did. So we'll we'll be looking forward to seeing him ski next year as well. Now I know, uh, I know we had a uh, pretty special finish over on the girls' side in Division Two, uh, especially yeah. for such a young competitor. What happened over there? Catholic just put together just a really good meet. You know, they've always been at the state finals as a team. They've always had a solid ski program, but they haven't had state success at the state meet or even something close to success since I think like the early two thousands when they were state runner up. I think there were. What was the stat that we had? What stat was Cadillac girls won the state title in twenty in nineteen ninety, but it had twelve other runner up finishes since the state meet began in nineteen seventy five. Most recently, with two thousand one, and there's no official record of how a team placed uh, beyond the state runner up. So, and, and coach Cadillac coaches uh, Cadillac's coach James Netsley was said, yeah, that that third place finish among the girls team has got to be one of the top finishes for them in just just quite a while. I mean, the, the last time the boys team did it was five or six years ago, and they were led by Annalie Wallace, where she state runner up, she got state runner-up in the GS. She had a really good first run, was in second place, and I don't even think she had the fastest time in the second run. It just kind of held up because her first run was just that good, and 
she was like, I, I did not know. I did not think I could do that afterwards when I was interviewing her. So congrats, Annalie. You are going to be my Hall of Fame nominee. Just just throwing that out there right now. She was uh, behind Lowell's Kaylee Bryan, which is just a dominant skiing family. Her and her sister and her mom is a coach of Lowell. So heck, maybe she's going to be going up against her next year. So, Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of great performances in skiing this year. If we look at Nordic and Alpine, that makes three total team championships for Traverse City Schools. Technically, if you split up the Nordic into three, that's one for each school, and then uh, one each for Traverse City West and Traverse City Central in Alpine. So congratulations to all of those skiing teams and all of our skiing athletes for really representing North, Northern Michigan well this winter. I know that was a uh, fun season with all eyes on ski. It was great talking about them and getting getting out to a few ski meets this year. Uh, yeah, so. and the, and what's cool about Cadillacs is their top three skiers, Avery Meyer, Georgia Sake, and uh, Annalie Wallace, they're freshmen and sophomores. So they can come back next year, and, and Nestle is really, really excited for what they can do. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John spends six hours slicing and baking every single day so they can make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. That's going to put us into our Hall of Fame, gentlemen. We're going to induct one more person into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan, the Get Around Hall of Fame. Let's go ahead and get it started off. You boys obviously have a state finalist, or I guess a state champion, uh, who had came out of this weekend in Aiden Lewandowski. He took home that individual state title in the giant slalom in Division One, while leading Traverse City West to that state title. Uh, he automatically gets in. I know he's already in there from last year. But as a new member and state champion for the first time, Aiden Lewandowski, automatically into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Aiden. So we have to put up three candidates and put it out to a vote. Andrew, since you kind of spoiled it, I'll put it out to you first. Yeah, no, only Wallace. I only said it in the last one. State runner-up as a freshman, leading the Cadillac girls team in some history, and we should be able to see her do it next year too. James, who do you got? I'm going to put up Emily Grant from Lake Lelona, St. Mary. She had 33 points in a win last week against Ellsworth, which I think is our highest score, single-scoring basketball game, boys or girls, this season um, so far. I mean, it's a pretty young season, but I think so far 33 has is, is got to be the most. Um, I've seen some other 32s and yeah. 30s and stuff. but uh, So, I mean, 33 points, that gets you a, a nomination. That's what they call buckets. Yeah, uh, I had a couple people who I was sitting here kind of contemplating on who, who I wanted to put up. I'm going to end up putting up, while while the Traverse City Homeschool, the TC Bulldogs, Levi Schultz, he had a 32-point performance last week uh, in a game against Burlick, Northern, Northern Michigan Christian. They also beat TC Christian on Monday, but I have to put up Gaylord St. Mary's, Conrad Cordy. I know we said he'd be back in this conversation, but... Another game last week that was just absolutely impressive. 25 points, 18 rebounds, 7 steals, and 3 blocks. I know we didn't get, quite get him in when he had like 8 blocks, but I think we're sitting, uh, getting pretty close to doing it. So, let's go ahead and put this up to a vote, gentlemen. Who do we have going in this week? I'm going to go with James' nominee and Grant. 33 points. We think we're buckets. 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 33. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Conrad Cordy. He's been balling this season, more than a double double machine. I mean, 25 points, 18 rebounds, seven steals, three blocks. Starting to sound more like an NBA 2K My Player stat line than a high school basketball stat line. So I'm gonna go with him. 
I mean, he's come close to a triple double so many times. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's gonna happen. Do we? Do we wait? So that's the point, James. Do you, do you vote for your own nominee at 33 points, or and we wait for Conrad Cordy to get that triple double before he gets in, or who do you vote for? It's not gonna be unanimous this week. I, I'll go. With, I'll go with Grant in the 33. I mean, that's just that's a big game, the, the biggest so far I think of anybody that we've that we've had. So. All right. Well, Emily Grant from Lake Lunal St. Mary, congratulations on being the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak yeah. That puts us into our final segment, and that is our trifecta. We didn't have a trifecta last week, but we're back in full force. And I kind of promise this for you guys, just because I... I want to talk about what I did this weekend, but you guys get to go first. What's the craziest thing you've ever done? I don't know if it's adrenaline junkie-wise or if you think, hey, I jumped off a bridge. What's the craziest thing you've ever done? All right, well, I one time went to the uh, I went to the Sturgis bike rally for a whole week without uh, owning or even being a fan of motorcycles. <laughs> Man, that is, how was it? It was pretty fun. I went because uh, there's this huge campground there, and uh, every night of the week they bring in a different band. So if you just camped at the campground, you got to see all these concerts for free. So I got to see like Allison Chains and Leonard Skinner and Kid Rock and Buck Cherry and the James Gang and uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, just a whole, a whole bunch of bands. Every just a big name band every night and stuff. So. Uh, I, me and a friend of mine just went for that. We just camped in a tent. We had a car. Like none of the bikers liked us because we didn't have bikes. But <laughs> during the day, during the day, we would just get in the car and just go out and see some of the tourist stuff, and then just come back. Okay, okay. I was gonna say my parents are really big into that, and they're like, "I'm like Sturgis has a crazy place, man." <laughs> yeah. Well, we did come back. They didn't like it that we didn't have a bike because one day we came back and they flipped over our tent. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I mean, it is what it is. You have a good time, though? I had a good time. So anything, anything, especially when it comes to free live music, is not a bad place to be. Exactly. Right, Andrew? What you got? Swam with sharks. Like, are were these big sharks or small sharks? I don't know. I didn't see the shark. It was just behind you, trying to eat you. So we're scuba diving in um, the... Gulf of Mexico in Panama City, Florida. Um, we have some family friends that live out there. We drove down there to see them. And I'm out maybe like 100 feet or so um, from the shore, seeing some cool fish. I'm seeing some cool stuff under the water. I'm enjoying my time. And I turn around, and there's no people in the water. And I'm like, where's my brother? Where's my mom? I swam back to the shore, and everyone's on, I, and uh, everyone's on the uh, sand and they're looking down at the water and there's three sharks swimming in circles. So I must today. have been I, I I was the like only one left in the water while those sharks were down there. So they very I, I don't know how close I was to those sharks, but I was very much swimming with sharks in the water. You must you must not be that tasty of a treat. <laughs> yeah, no, they weren't really coming after me, Jake. I um I don't know really know what to think of that. But I, would, I was just going to say, that's the one time in your life where it was good that you didn't smell good. <laughs> uh, now, now uh, I, I, I don't think, 
You know, even even James's. I guess we're all going with life and death situations, right? That was life and death for you. <laughs> dealing with a bunch of bikers. No, but I, uh, you know, it's funny because I th- I think I kind of brought this up a couple weeks ago. How I injured myself snowboarding on Mount Holiday, which is like a three hundred foot hill out here in Traverse City. It was like the second time I ever snowboarded, and then I got on a plane and I went to the Keystone Mountains. Um, the, the, this mountain is twelve thousand three hundred feet tall. Um, at the top, where like you start off, and uh, that's obviously like twenty times higher than anything in the state of Michigan, or at least the Lower Peninsula. And uh, yeah, so I basically hopped on a snowboard, which is you know pretty difficult if you ask me, comparatively to skiing. And they have the run at this Keystone Resort. It is three and a half miles long. From the top of the mountain all the way to the base of the mountain, and uh, it's so funny because you, you you start off there and you go, oh yeah, it's like a, it's a green run, and then you hop over the edge and it says, are you ready? This is three and a half miles and there's like no way back up the hill. The only way is down. So I hopped on a snowboard and this is the funny part is I went down a couple of times and I made it down safely all three times, but the first time it took me almost two hours because the snowboard that I rented from the place was like. They put it together wrong. The bindings were literally shaking loose, and the strap kept coming off my toes. So I was basically snowboarding down a three-and-a-half-mile-tall mountain with a broken or defective snowboard on my foot. I barely know how to snowboard, but I still came out alive. And then I got my snowboard fixed, and I went back down the mountain a couple more times, and uh, it worked out a lot better once I had my snowboard fixed. I did not fall nearly as many times or nearly kill myself as many times. Um, but it was definitely something very crazy. I was just like, what am I, sometimes I'm just sitting there, I was like, what am I doing? You don't know what you're doing, do you, buddy? Uh, but it, it all worked out and it was so much fun. Um, I know we've all had some pretty crazy experiences, but at least in recent memory, that's what, what I can come up with. I know a lot of our athletes would say the craziest moments of their lives happened in the past week, winning state titles. They can only imagine being a skier and going down the mountain and what I think Aiden told us last week is 68 miles per hour to try and uh, win a state title. Um, that is exhilarating, I can tell you, first-hand experience. Even going half that is probably a little bit too much for most people. So, without any further ado, we're going to hit the brakes on this episode and slow it down to a stop here at the end for episode 164. Make sure you like, retweet, comment. We'll get you entered in for a couple of Jimmy John subs. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at JakeAdnip, at JamesCook14, and at ByAndrewR. Follow us all at TCRE Sports on all social medias and interact for a chance to win a couple of Jimmy John subs. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 165.